Greetings, everyone. This is Devon Carson with the Second Chance Leadership Podcast. I would like to thank you for tuning in today. I would like for everyone to sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. And remember, Leadership Nation, we take risks, we embrace failure. Getting it wrong is okay as long as you get your hands dirty, you learn, and reflect. Let's enjoy the podcast. Coming to you today, uh, Mr. Pierce is a college educator in uh, in Austin, Texas, and he is joining us today. Uh, he is the author of a book uh, about customer service, and he is going to let us know all about the world of customer service and how we can continuously keep our customers happy, as long with uh, some leadership tidbits from his time on the college campus. Mr. Pierce, with that introduction, is there anything I left out, anything you would like to add? Oh, no, man, Devon, that was that was absolutely uh, amazing, man. I'm just so excited to, to be a part of the Second Chance Leadership Podcast. Thank you for the invitation, uh, man, and I'm just excited to be here. I really am. Uh, absolutely. We're excited to have you. I will go ahead and add a disclaimer. Uh, Mr. Pierce and I met probably about uh, two months ago uh, down in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we have hooked up with the Center for uh, Teaching Excellence, and uh, we are educational consultants together. So uh, that is our connection. Uh, and with that being said, Mr. Pierce, go ahead and tell me about what is your favorite leadership quote? Uh, well, well, Devon, um, I know you want – one quote, but I actually have two, um, right. or two that I kind of, kind of use on a day-to-day basis. Um, so when it comes to leadership, the first quote, and both of them are actually from John Maxwell, okay. and uh, I hope the audience is familiar with John Maxwell. But uh, the first quote is: "Leadership is not a noun; it's a verb. It is action. It is moving." Um, oh, awesome. And and the second quote is, the position does not make the leader. A good leader makes the position. And both of those are from, from John Maxwell. He's a guy that I've followed for the past couple of years in terms of leadership strategies, leadership tips, um, anything that you can apply if you're in a position to be a leader. Yeah, those are two excellent quotes. Um, I think about John Maxwell and, and reading some of his books, and he is spot on when it comes to the world of leadership. Um, Absolutely. And, and I believe that's one of our, our podcast titles is Leadership as an Action Sport uh, because it's great to plan things out, but until you get all your wheels in motion and you get the organization moving or you get yourself moving, um, it's not leadership. So uh, I love that quote. And then the second one was built around the position. Uh, oh, and sure. And, and, and yeah, uh, position power is is okay, but we will much rather inspire people and and have some some action and some movement within. It's just not a position. We have to actually walk the walk and talk the talk as well. So yeah, thank man. you for both of those outstanding quotes. Go ahead, add to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in a video I saw on John Maxwell, you know, he mentioned 
um, the five levels of leadership. And that's where that quote came from. And he made a comment saying how, you know, most people when they get a when they get a managerial position, you know, one of the first things they'll say is, hey, hey, John, I became a leader. Um, and he mm-hmm. said he understands what they what they mean. He said, no, you didn't become a leader. Um, you just became a manager or a supervisor. Um, so that's where that quote really stems from. The position doesn't make you a leader. A good leader makes the position. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. If you look up in the mirror and you don't see nobody following behind you, you know you're not leading. Uh, <laughs> right. Talk to me about how you apply this quote to your daily life. Um, so so the first quote, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, talking about leadership, it's not a noun, it's a verb, it's action, it's movement. You know, one thing that I do as a leader is I listen. Um, oftentimes, you know, we have individuals in these positions, these managerial or supervisory positions, and they they want to move in the direction that they believe is appropriate. Um, and that's okay. Um, however, I'm a firm believer in listening. And listening allows your team to know um, you value their input. And it also begins to show, it begins to show them that you guys are on the same page, that you're on this journey together. Um, so that's one thing that I look for or one thing that I apply to my life when it comes to that particular quote is to be a listener first and to value the input of those that I'm working with on a day-to-day basis so that we can then begin to move forward. Uh, <clears throat> and then if I even had to go a little further about the the second quote, in terms of the position doesn't make the leader, and, you know, a good leader makes the position. Um, I apply that quote to my life by being transparent. Um, I work currently with a staff of two other individuals. We It's a team of three, um, and I make sure that I'm very transparent with them, and I keep an open line of communication. And by doing this, you'll build trust with them. Um, and that's key when you're when you're a leader as well, making sure that your team trusts you. And as a result, they'll work for you, not only because they have to, but they'll work for you because they believe in your vision and your ability to lead them. Um, so that's definitely how I apply those two um, to my current life right now. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, I love the whole transparency piece and making sure that you guys are, are working together as a team and you're listening to your team. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. People can have uh, what I like to call strategic compliance, you know, i.e. they have a job, they're getting paid, but it, it, it works much better if people go above and beyond if they believe in the mission or if they believe in the vision as well as believing in the leader as well. So, yeah, uh, kudos. I, I think that, that makes you a very – smart uh, leader and, and one who is definitely action-oriented. And I'll, I'll add on to it a little bit, Devon. Um, you know, oftentimes when we jump into these managerial or supervisory positions, you know, we have this we have this mindset of, oh, we know it all. You know, we put in the work that has led us to securing this position, this managerial or leadership position, and we go into that position with the mindset of it's this way. I know it's going to work this way. It has always worked this way. Um, but I, I'm a firm believer in going into any new situation 
um, with an opening, with an open ear, um, mm. will really help have a huge impact on the team of individuals that you're working with that will ultimately take that department, that institution, um, that company to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that opening ears is quick. And just making yourself available and having that, that presence uh, to listen. For sure. We know, we know leadership comes with all different types of challenges, uh, failures, and obstacles. Uh, in your mind, uh, what is the biggest challenge that you have personally overcame? Um, so, so you mentioned earlier that, that I'm an author of a book, um, that revolves around customer service. The title of the book is Be My Guest, A Guide for Creating an Ultimate Service Experience. Um, so one of the challenges that I overcame was, uh, writing and publishing that book while being in a leadership position, working full time, um, and, and that was that was huge for me. Um, and if I can give any little background information about that, um, you know, some may ask, some may ask, you know, say, well, well, why write a book on on customer service? And I'll say to them, well, you know, it's it was simple. <laughs> I had reached my limit of of encountering terrible customer service experiences, um, and when I reached my limit. I made the decision. I said, hey, I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to develop conduct, content to conduct trainings for businesses. You know, I, I was just fed up with it. So one day uh, I'm in the bank, and I'm making a normal transaction, um, and the teller that I'm, that I'm engaged with has a sheet of paper taped to her station. And, and on, this, on this piece of paper or on this sheet of paper, you know, it was the word guest, um, and the word guest was desegregated. Mm-hmm. The G stood for greeting. The U stood for undivided attention. The E for empathize. S for solution, and T for thanks. And at that moment, I said, "Okay, I know I want to write this book. <laughs> I, I know I'm fed up with." Uh, all of these terrible customer service experiences that I've had, I said, well, there's my content right there. Um, and, and the beauty of that was the word guest, in my, in my interpretation, eliminated the word customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could use the word guests instead of customers, it puts a mental a mental seed in your mind to let me treat my customers as guests. Wow. So if I just eliminate the word customer and I'm treating them as guests, then that's going to lay the foundation for a better overall customer service experience for them. I love that simple flip that you did on the word customer. Uh, to me, in my mind's eye, that changes the whole <laughs> changes the whole um, the whole perspective. Uh, yeah. Instead of something that you have to do for something uh, for someone, now you inviting them into your space and you're making them your guest. Uh, so 
that 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 changes an individual's entire outlook. I I really like that. I like yeah. how you did that. And and that was a challenge, you know, um, trying to write and publish that book while also, you know, working a full time, forty plus hour a week uh, job. You know, um, that was that was a big challenge. <laughs> I bet so. I bet so. Yeah. Talk to me. What were some of the lessons you learned from it? What was like your big takeaway? Ah, so so my big takeaway was um, being con- being consistent. Um, mm. You know, consistency is key. You know, and especially from a leadership perspective. Um, you know, when we look at our behaviors and the behaviors that we expect of those who follow us, it's important that we're that we're consistent and, and that we're modeling the behavior that we want those to, those who follow us to, um, you know, to to display. You know what I mean? Um, right. So yeah, that was that was the biggest takeaway. Consistency is the key. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, what was your light bulb moment? Or tell me about a light bulb moment that you had. Yeah, so so a light bulb moment I had, you know, was when one of my previous supervisors made a comment regarding me working late. Um, I would often find myself working late three to four times a week, you know, mm-hmm. up to about 8 p.m. each night. And And one night, you know, I'm in the office, you know, as usual, I'm working late. And my supervisor, he came to me and he said, he said, you're still here? And and my reply was simply, yes, sir. Got to get the work done. Got to get the work done. (laughs) (laughs) And and he then replied and he said, he said, you know, Jeffrey, he said, it's okay for you to stay late. He said, but when you are staying late frequently, I'm going to begin the question, what are you doing with your time during the day? <laughs> and and I promise you, Devon, you know, that was that was the light bulb moment. That did it for me. You know, it made me realize the importance of having a plan, executing that plan, um and it also allowed me to to manage my time better. Um, and then I'll and I'll take that little snippet there, that light bulb moment, and refer it back to 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 the challenge of of writing the book and working a full time job. That helped me to set goals when it came to finishing the task of writing and publishing the book. Uh, one mistake that I made when I first sat down to write the book was I tried to write the book. In one day, that's that's just not going to happen, right? Um, so so that light bulb moment of making sure that I managed my time allowed me to put together a strategic plan to make sure I'm working towards the overall goal of writing and publishing this book. And I put together a very small goal, and that goal was to write two sentences a day. Two sentences a day, um, and and I promise you that small goal led to me just putting out so much information about customer service because I knew every day I had to commit at least two sentences, and there mm-hmm. were some days two sentences turned into one paragraph, 
two paragraphs, three paragraphs, and, and just more. And then again, there were some days where I was only able to get those two sentences out. But at the end of it all, I still met my goal of getting out those two sentences. Um, so that light bulb moment, yeah, man, that, that did it for me, uh, just really made me realize how important it is to have a plan, execute that plan, and to manage it, manage my time better. Yeah, absolutely. Time management is, is critical. Um, I know a lot of folks who would stick around the office or stick around the building and, and doing extra work, and I would ask them kind of the same question, like, hey, what are you doing during the day? Are you being productive with the time yeah. that you do have? Um, so I think that is valuable is to kind of do a time audit and just to see exactly how it is that you're spending your time. You know, chart what you do every 30 minutes for that 30 minutes. Right. And then at the end of the week, take a look at it and then evaluate. You know, figure out, okay, hey, I need to cut out this or I need to cut out that. Or when when little Devon comes to the office, uh, he likes to talk for 30 minutes. So, okay, set the timer, give him five, and then be like, hey, uh, I'll, catch you, I'll catch you tomorrow or I'll catch yeah. you later. So, uh, and then the second thing that you said that I think is is worth doubling back down on is setting goals. Regardless of how large the goal is or how small the goal is, the goal is to keep moving forward. And as long as you're doing that every single day, the better you will get. Um, A year or two ago, I read this book called um, Getting 1% Better Every Day or or how uh, How to Get Better 1% Each Day. And the the premise of the book basically was do something to increase your value, you know, not large tasks, but just little things, but do it daily. Do it daily so that it becomes a habit, and then you stick to it, and then you grow in the end. And it's all benefit yourself, but the the key, like you said earlier, is just consistency and just making sure that, that you are, you know, got your nose to the grind and then just getting it in and doing what you're supposed to do on a daily basis to to better yourself. So great job. Great yeah, job. Sure. Um would you say that you've had a uh, I have arrived moment? Uh I was pondering on that one. Uh <laughs> you know what? I'll say no. Uh and the reason I say no is I'm a firm believer in being a lifelong learner. Um, I I believe that if we ever got to a point where we feel as if we've arrived or or we know it all, then that's not going to be a good day. Um, You know, I, I really believe we are constantly on a journey that really requires us to continue learning and expanding our knowledge. Um, So, so to answer that question, no, um, I have not had an I've arrived moment. I don't I don't I don't expect to have an I've arrived moment because I want to continuously learn. Um I don't care if I'm <laughs> seventy five years old and, and, and some may say, Oh, you've lived this you've walked this earth, you've lived your life, you have all of the answers to the questions, um, you have all of this knowledge and this wisdom. No, um, even at 75 years old, I'm still going to be looking at ways that I could continue to learn something. 
Um, yeah. So I, I don't believe that I'll reach that I've arrived moment. Unless, well, not unless. The only way I'll reach that arrived moment is when I when I go see the king, and that's the day that I pass away I and, uh, and make it on up those heavenly gates. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I guess that's kind of like my one trick question, if I if one may say I have a trick question there. Okay. And that was, and that's that one, just because I like to hear how leaders answer that question, because I'm totally with you. I believe like Maslow, you know, we never reach the pinnacle. We never get self-actualized. Uh, yeah. There's always something that we can do to get better. I mean, that's part of being a leader is to figure out what it is that needs to tweak to make the organization run just that much smoother. So, Absolutely. Great answer. Talk to me about how do you sustain excellence? How do you go about sustaining excellence? When you think about leadership and you think about just just getting the job done, the task done, and, and keeping everything at the forefront, how do you go about sustaining excellence on a daily basis? Man, that's a great question, man. That's just being a student of the industry, you know, and I'm going to relate it to higher ed, um, you know, and that's making sure every morning I'm reading articles about the industry so that I'm well abreast on any current trends, um, any 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 news that may have happened over the over the course of a week or, or the night before, um, but definitely just continuously being a student to that industry. That's how you uh, sustain excellence, um, and then also you know professional development, uh, making sure that you're attending conferences, meeting new people within the industry, um, bouncing ideas off one another, um, just to make sure that you're sharp. You know, in the Bible it says iron sharp is iron. Um, So just being a firm believer of that, making sure that I can continue to surround myself um, with other like-minded individuals, even if it's someone who's not currently in in my field, Um, just making sure I'm connected with those people who are themselves trying to sustain excellence uh, because I'm sure that there are things that we can all bounce off one another to help each of us move forward within our respective industries. Um, so, it, so it involves reading articles to stay current. Um, it involves going to professional development conferences um, to make sure that we, we're continuously honing in on our craft and also surrounding yourselves with like-minded individuals, whether they're in your industry or not. Um, and then one last thing I'll say too is having is having a mentor that you can call at the drop of a dime for any given thing. Um, someone who may have experienced a particular situation before you um, that you can call on and you can just say, "Hey, this is the situation. You know, kind of coach me through it." Um, so again reading articles, staying current, attending conferences, professional development, surrounding yourself around like-minded individuals, and having a mentor that you can call at any time. Love it. Love it. I think that's excellent. Uh, What is one thing that you're really exciting to you about your leadership currently? Uh. Well, what's exciting to me is that I can share my passion about customer service with my team. Um, When I first took the job, the first thing I did, I made sure I gave each one of my team members a copy of my book um, just so that I could share with them 
the passion that I have for customer service. Um, so all of them got a copy of my book and they all read it um, so that they know what my expectations are in terms of customer service for the office. Um, mm -hmm. And then also having a team that really trusts and believes in my ability to move our office forward. Um, that's what that's what's really exciting, you know, being able to share my passion about customer service and then working with a group of individuals that really trust and believe in my ability. Cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, what vision do you have for the future as it relates to your uh, organization? Um, really making our office uh, more efficient through technology. Um, we, I, I work at a small private historic HBCU, um, and sometimes with our HBCUs, um, we have we have limited resources. Um, but really wanted to focus on making the office more efficient through through technology, bringing in different softwares to help um, improve that efficiency, so that we can focus more on on relationship building. Um, I've been working in higher ed. Uh, specifically in admissions and enrollment management for the last eight years. And there was one saying that one of my former supervisors um, shared with me, and he said, machines should work so that people can build relationships. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's something that has really stuck with me um, for, the last, for the last four years. Um, so that's something that I really want to do um, with our offices you know, get some technology in there that's going to work so that the staff and myself can get out and focus on relationship building. Love it. I think that's great, solid advice. Um, you you got to build those relationships. You got to build that trust, and people got to know who you are in Absolutely. order to, to believe in the mission. Yeah, All right. not only oh, – I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You're good, good. Go ahead. Yeah, right. and, 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 and in relationship building, you know, um, some people may say, oh, you know, let's get on the phone, let's let's send an email. I, I mean, that's, that's the gist of it. Um, but relationship building, in, in my opinion, is about seeing a face, um, someone that you can connect with um, so that yeah. you can really see those expressions and those emotions in real time. There's only so much that you can see behind a telephone call. There's only so much that you can see behind an email. Um, so definitely that technology should work so that we're out touching people, you know, as, as they say, shaking hands and kissing babies. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's the whole piece behind relationship building. Yeah, I love it. I love it. If, if it means you have to walk across campus to uh, sit down in someone's office, uh, the next time you have to ask for something, they're going to remember that. And they're going to say, okay, this person is true about what they're saying. You could have probably yet went on the uh, computer and typed out an email and right. said the exact same thing. Uh, but taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to tell someone, hey, you make a difference because I'm going to make more than an effort to, to go out of my way uh, to, to look in your eye and, and share what I have to share. I think that's invaluable. Uh, when it comes to making emotional deposits and, and putting some 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 funds in the bank, you know, I, I think I think that's that's a great idea. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jeffrey, you have passed your test, uh -oh. but now are you ready for the speed round? The speed round. What's the speed round? What's the speed round? <laughs> All right, the speed rounds. Our next questions. We're going to answer those concisely. 
uh, and it's going to be rapid fire. I want your first thoughts when it comes to these next questions. All right. All right. What was holding you back from becoming a world-class leader? Self-doubt. Okay. What is the best uh, industry? Go ahead. Self-doubt. Uh, lack of confidence in my ability to lead. Um, and the fear of making mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. That was holding I, me back. <laughs> yeah. I, I can agree with those. I think sometimes we're our own worst critic, and we often get in the way of our own forward mobility. Absolutely. Um, totally agree. What is the best leadership advice you have ever received? Uh, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. <laughs> um, model the behavior you expect from those who follow you, period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough said, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite Internet resource like Evernote that you would love to share with Leadership Nation? Uh, yeah, so there's this mobile app that I downloaded about mm, maybe three weeks ago, and the mobile app is called Quality Time, okay? So for those of you who are out there listening, you know, you have your thoughts of what quality time means. You know, it could be quality time with a significant other. It could mean a number of things. Well, this quality time is speaking towards you, right? So this app monitors how much time you spend on your phone, how much time you spend on certain apps. Uh, it provides you the ability to not accept phone calls during a particular uh, period, uh, which I'm actually doing right now because I'm on this uh, podcast interview. Uh, and, and it also ensures that, that you're remaining on task. Um, so, yeah, it's a mobile app called Quality Time, and it gives you the data analytics. It tells you how many times you've unlocked your, your screen. It tells you how many hours and minutes you've been on your phone throughout the day. And, again, it tells you how long you've been on a particular app. Um, so you can know, all right, if you're spending too much time on Instagram, oh, yeah, I spent an hour on Instagram, okay, I may need to minimize that. You can even set it to where you can block yourself from using a particular app during mm. a certain time. Um, so definitely quality time um, is something that I would definitely uh, encourage for you guys to to download um, because it, it speaks to the to the time management piece that we talked about earlier um, at the beginning of the interview. Yeah, it definitely does. That that makes my my heart pitter patter right now. Just think about <laughs> that. I'm I'm getting a little nervous uh, <laughs> about what my analytics would say when it comes to the certain apps that I that I like. Man, uh, you'll be surprised. <laughs> I bet so. I bet so. What leadership book would you recommend to Second Chance Nation? All right. So uh, I don't know if this, is, if, if this would necessarily be a leader classified as a leadership book, um, but it's actually my favorite book that I've read. And mm -hmm. the book is called The Noticer 
by Andy Andrews. Hmm. Um, and, and there's a quote in this book that says, sometimes in life, all you need is a little perspective. Uh, and I think that is very important for any leader out there, uh, you know, coming in, listening, as we mentioned earlier, and mm-hmm. then focusing, focusing our lens with a different perspective to help foster growth. Um, absolutely, 100% would recommend The Noticer by Andy Andrews. Sometimes in life, all we need is a little bit of perspective. Wow, that that sounds interesting. I'm gonna have to pull that up. Yeah, when we get off of here and check that out, that that <laughs> sounds like uh that will give you a whole lot of uh, perspective uh, when it comes to just uh, what you need. Right. It's a uh, it, it's a fiction book. Uh, it's fiction based, but it has some very 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 powerful messages messages uh, within the book. Um, and I and I really believe you can apply it to almost anything in particular in life. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Our last question of the speed round. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, which was identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still would have all the experience and knowledge that you currently have. Your food and your shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop. $500, what would you do for the next seven days? All right, that was a loaded one. I'm going to need you to run that one by me one more time. <laughs> okay, okay. So you woke up in a brand-new world, which was identical mm-hmm. to Earth, uh, but you don't know anybody. All you right. still have all of your experiences. You have all of your knowledge and your education uh, that you currently have, your food and your shelter, are the two things that are taken care of for you. But all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do for the next seven days? Network. Okay. Um, I would network. I would share the knowledge and expertise that I have. Um, And the key piece in that scenario for me is that I do not know anyone. So that's why I would network, right? So mm-hmm. since, since that's the case, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure as many people as possible know who I am, right? So now we've all heard, uh, we've all heard the saying, you know, your net worth, your, your, net, your network is your net worth, right? Um, and we've also heard it's not about what you know, but it's about who, <laughs> who you know. know. Right. right, right. So a good friend of mine, he he takes that statement a bit further, right? And mm-hmm. he says it's not about what you know. It's not about who you know. Instead, it's about who knows you. Wow. Uh, and and he often jokes and he makes this he gives this example and he says he says I know Oprah but guess what <laughs> Oprah don't know me <laughs> so so I take all of that and I would say you know I definitely start with with networking so that as many people as so that as many people as possible they know me 
Love it. Love it. That's that's definitely a, a, a interesting concept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, that's definitely the key. Get out, meet as many people as you can, but leave your sure. mark on this world. Leave Absolutely. your mark on this world, and and make sure that you are adding value and and you're making a difference. Is kind of what I take from that whole piece right there. Yep. Well, Mr. Pierce, it has definitely been a pleasure, and uh, oh, I appreciate likewise. you coming on Second Chance Leadership. Um, and please don't be a stranger. And uh, when you write your next book, we want you to come on back again. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we thanks, look forward to it. Thanks a lot for, uh, you know, inviting me to join and, and speak to your audience. Um, I also want to share with the listeners out there, you know, um, I also have, have a consultant company called Parallel Inception. Um, and we're a consultant company, and we're devoted to empowering, educating, and equipping our guests with the essentials for professional and personal ascension. So ultimately, we, we go to companies and we provide customer service trainings. We provide student leadership trainings. We provide classroom management trainings for those in the K-12 through sector. Um, so definitely, if you're interested, just visit my website. It is www.parallel.com inception.com awesome 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 well hey we uh, look forward to circling back around with you and again we appreciate your leadership and we also appreciate your time all right thank you so much for having me on it was a pleasure yes sir thank you bye welcome Greetings, Leadership Nation. This is your boy, Devon Carson. I want to say thank you very much for tuning in to this latest episode. We hope that you all enjoyed it. I do have a small ask in favor of you. Please make sure you subscribe to Second Chance Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that every Thursday you get the latest and the greatest episode. Also, we'll ask that you would leave a comment and also leave a rating of five stars. Once again, your comment is invaluable to us. We want to make sure that we continue to improve the show and make sure that we are meeting all of your leadership needs. Until next time, Leadership Nation, be easy. Mm-hmm.